Welcome to the What If I Fly podcast. My name is Chloe Megan. I'm a registered nurse, mom, certified personal trainer, and your new bestie when it comes to all things personal development, leadership, business, health, and fitness. I'm obsessed with helping you live authentically and lead fearlessly. I'm going to teach you how to address challenges with confidence, thrive outside of your comfort zone, chase your dreams, and crush your goals, even if it means doing it scared. You already have everything to soar. All you need is a little push, and I'm calling first dibs. Let's get started. Welcome back, frequent flyers. I'm really excited to have you back listening to the podcast. It's kind of crazy. This is episode five, and it feels like, I don't know, it feels like I just started yesterday, but I am getting more comfortable talking to this microphone, and it's making it a little bit less feeling like I'm crazy just sitting here talking to myself. So that's exciting. But I wanted to give you a little bit of a life update. I'm not going to always do this, but it's kind of a big deal because I will no longer be working at a hospital anymore. And the reason for that is I can't do the 312 life anymore. I never get to see my daughter and it's starting to affect her. Unfortunately, I live like over an hour away from the hospital that I work at and it's just, it's starting to take a toll on family life and at the end of the day, my priority is my family. So with that being said, I did accept an offer to do home health care, and I'm really excited because there's a lot of flexibility and the reason that that's a, going to be a big deal is because I'll actually have time to work on things like my podcast and content creation for Instagram and my coaching and everything else that I'm trying to really grow and create with my brand. So obviously a long-term goal is to do this full-time and that's really what I want to achieve by the end of this year. So I'm really excited about this new journey. You know, like I said, the long-term goal obviously is to work for myself because I've honestly always struggled working for other people. I really value my work-life balance and I have a really hard time doing something that I'm not completely and totally passionate about and I think it goes back to I've always been in gifted and honors and straight a kind of um, like hard-working type a overachieving personality however else you want to label it and so I think trying to show up to a job knowing that my heart and soul wasn't completely in it is very hard for me and that's you know that's part of why I want to do this podcast is that it's just authentically 100% who I am so to show up for work and know that my daughter was struggling with it and that I was being kind of um, immersed in an environment where I wasn't totally happy and obviously it's not always about you being happy 150% of the time but When it starts affecting your mental health and your inner peace, that's just not something that I'm willing to sacrifice. So with that being said, I want to speak on a super important topic that I think that we all go through, no matter what you're doing in your life. doesn't matter if you're a nurse or a personal trainer or you work at a prison or you're a server or you're a mom or whatever your job title is. And that is self-sabotaging. So what I want to talk about today is how to stop self-sabotaging and how to take action. I think oftentimes we get so in our head about going forward towards that goal or 
trying to chase a dream or whatever it is, whenever we're trying to move forward towards that, we honestly will get in our own way. We'll like, for lack of better terms, we'll cock block ourselves big time because we get so overwhelmed and we're scared of failure. We're scared of how that's going to feel. It's, it's like being uncomfortable and nobody wants to be uncomfortable, but getting in your own way isn't going to allow you to get exactly where you're trying to be. It's not going to allow for that progress and you have to go through different steps and have different ways of avoiding that completely. And it all starts with working on these different aspects about ourselves that we teach ourselves. And it's kind of like when you are growing up and throughout your childhood, you have all these survival modes that you're in that really it's kind of like a, it's a mechanism to protect yourself. It's a defense mechanism. And unfortunately, as you get older, it's not helpful. It only keeps you from going after that promotion or trying to tone up at the gym or eat better or drink more water or just whatever your goal is. It doesn't matter. It, it always, it makes it so that it gets in the way. So however that looks like for you, I want to go over five different ways that self-sabotaging can kind of come up, the different ways that you're doing it. You might not even know that you are doing it. It's just so natural for you. We're going to talk about that and then also how to take action against these. So number one, negative self-talk. This is something that you're going to hear me speak a lot on in this podcast because the way that you talk to yourself is immediately going to kind of hone in, narrow down onto the way that you live your life in every single area. If you're constantly putting yourself down, how are you ever going to feel good about becoming that person that you want to be? So constantly criticizing and doubting yourself can actually undermine your confidence and your motivation. Because if somebody's talking down to you constantly, you have a boss that always lets you know when you mess up and that's all they ever want to tell you is in is all the times that you mess up and that you're doing really poorly right here and you didn't hit that number that they were really expecting or whatever it is. If you're constantly being reminded of that, how on earth are you ever going to feel confident enough to do a good job and to want to move forward and do better? You're not. So for me, unless talking down to yourself is some sort of reverse psychology for you and it helps to encourage you, Telling yourself that you aren't enough or putting yourself down will create those roadblocks that you yourself have placed on your goals. I know that sometimes, for instance, I'll be in the gym and I have a voice in my head when I'm at the gym. It's like, I don't even know what her name is, but she just, it's just like my inner voice of my inner personal trainer trying to come out and like scream at me you can do this push through don't be a weak b-i-t-c-h any of those things that helps me in that moment and I know that it's helpful for me but if I were to be talking to myself like that about every single time that I tried something and I failed or I went after trying to progress at work or trying to read a certain number of books or whatever it is, if I'm trying to better myself, if I were to talk to myself like that constantly, that would only have a negative impact on my growth. So you really have to figure out what it is that's going to help you when it comes to talking to yourself. And I actually 
had a really great episode. I felt like I think it's episode three where I'm talking about how negative self-talk is only keeping you from achieving your goals and what that's really doing to your confidence. So it's just another way that you are placing that doubt on yourself and it's really just undermining that confidence and that motivation and keeping you very stuck. Number two, my personal favorite, 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 because we all do this so much in every area. It can be putting off doing the dishes or putting off doing laundry or putting off doing our taxes. It's procrastination. Putting off important tasks can lead to feelings of stress and anxiety, and that only makes it even harder to get started. Getting started is honestly the hardest part. And I think especially while I was going through nursing school with all the different bachelor's degree level essays that I had to write, I mean, there is one or two essays every single week on top of all the other classes that I was in and all the other expectations that I had for those classes. I would put off my essays until the last freaking moment and then when it was finally time to do it you're rushed and your work's not going to always be great when you're doing it that way all I had to do was create that outline for that essay and take it little by little and not overwhelm myself and make sure that I had pulled up enough resources and I had all the information right in front of me and then you just kind of get in a flow and you can really see how that could work in any aspect of your life but the fact that I waited till the last minute, I mean, I would sometimes turn in essays five minutes before midnight, which is, they were always due midnight, whatever that day was. And that literally made me feel so rushed and so overwhelmed. And I just thought to myself, I have been wasting this entire week scrolling social media or going to the beach or whatever I did, which sometimes we need to do that to decompress, but you have to manage your time appropriately I would stress out about that essay the entire week when at the beginning of the week, I should have just gotten it done. Like, why did I put it off for so long? So people that procrastinate are addicted to that rush you get when you have a deadline. It's that adrenaline rush of, okay, now I really have to get this done. Procrastinating that thing until it gets to the point where you are procrastinating that deadline. So it'll get down to the the last hours and you're finally getting it done but it's like that addiction to that rush that you're getting of adrenaline when you're like oh crap I actually really need to get this done or it's going to negatively affect me and that's honestly a really toxic cycle and it's it's not helpful for anything that you're trying to achieve procrastination is the enemy to your success and you're afraid of that feeling that you might get if your procrastination does not deliver the result you're hoping for and this is really connected with the next way that you're self-sabotaging. I think that they are really kind of like twin sisters, in my opinion. Putting it off to later will only guarantee really rushed results. If you want to deliver something that's super high quality, you have to take the time to do it. And how are you going to do that if you just waited till the last two hours before it's due to do that essay? It's going to affect your grades. And it's just going to go into this downward spiraling domino effect. I really like this quote by William James. It says, nothing is so fatiguing as the eternal hanging on of an uncompleted task. You're causing yourself so much more anxiety 
and stress because you're not willing to do the work to complete your important task and just get it out of the way, get it done. Even if you have to start small and you're working on it, little chunks here and there, at least you're doing something. You're accomplishing something. Reading two pages of a book is way better than just not reading that book that you've had on your bookshelf for years and it's just laying there and nothing's happening with it. You're not able to take in any of that information and you're also not doing anything proactive to improve yourself. So procrastination, let's try to stay away from it, okay? Number three, perfectionism. Setting impossibly high standards for yourself can make it difficult to feel satisfied with your accomplishments, which ends up leading to burnout. If you wait until it's perfect, you will have waited for a time that does not exist at all. Because there is perfection in the imperfection of your work and nobody has it right the first time. I'm currently sitting here recording this podcast with my microphone propped up on two textbooks and a bunch of my papers that I keep for my goal setting and all my business plans and everything just because it's the only stack of papers that I have really close to me and my laptop is on a little like side coffee table thing. I really need a desk and I really need a few other things but I'm not going to let that stop me from at least getting started on recording my podcast. There are so many different ways that you're setting yourself up for failure by thinking that you have to be the absolute best and the absolute most perfect person in order to start going after all of the things that you want to achieve. Nobody is perfect. And there is so much perfection and imperfection and all the ways that you're going to learn about yourself and learn about whatever art it is that you're trying to craft for yourself, whether it's writing or it is art or it is creating a workout plan or a nutrition plan or going to school, you're never going to be perfectly in the right place to start. And none of us are. You just have to. I was so doubtful that I would be able to create an Instagram where I'd have a community of women that were encouraged and inspired and motivated by the the content that I was sharing. And then within just a few months, I went from having one or two followers to over 14,000. If you just put yourself out there and share the things that are important to you, especially when you're just going after serving other people, which is truly the only reason that we're here to begin with, you will be successful. There's no timeline to it, but to just get your message out there and to tweak things here and there. You are doing way more than someone that's doing absolutely nothing at that point. It's not going to be perfect and you have to be okay with that. And I said earlier that procrastination and perfectionism are like twin sisters because if you are a perfectionist, you will procrastinate because you want things to be perfect before you even put them out there. But the truth is you're just holding yourself back. And I honestly do this all the time because there are moments where I do feel like I'm not good enough to put my voice out there. And I think, who am I? And I try to get a certification in this and I get a degree in that. All of that is perfectionism. All of that is me procrastinating 
And I finally just got to the point where I said, you know what? I have lived on this earth long enough. And even the the people that are 18 years old, they may have went through things that you don't even know or understand, can't even begin to comprehend. They deserve a space and there is space for them to have a voice and to share their message with other people because everybody's stories are different and exactly who you are right now is enough to show up in that space. You deserve to be heard and your story matters. No matter what you're trying to achieve, it matters. So believe in yourself enough to know that you don't have to be perfect and that if you constantly feel like you have to in order to even start, you're just procrastinating because it feels better. And the thing that I'm going to share with you is that you will fail no matter what it is you're trying to do, whether you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to move up in the workplace or you want to create an online course or you want to write a book, you're going to fail constantly. And even the most successful people in the world fail constantly and it teaches them something. I really like how Sarah Blakely always shares a story about her dad asking her and her brother at the dinner table every night, how did you fail today? What was one thing that you failed at? Something that was valued and he admired that about his kids. And I think that's so impactful because you are going to fail and you can't be perfect. You are just trying to consume the limiting beliefs of your procrastination to feel like you have to be in the right spot in the right moment before you can act on your goals. So four, this is a lack of self-care. So lack of self-care just means that you're neglecting your physical and emotional needs and that can leave you feeling depleted and less able to handle life's challenges. And self-care is not selfish. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And even small things like doing a few stretches before you start your day, keeping track of how much water you drink and having dedicated time each morning without distractions, as in not picking up your phone and staring at it to wake yourself up every morning. All of those can fill your cup and it can keep you focused on what you're trying to accomplish. So the reason that not taking care of yourself is a way of self-sabotaging is because you can't possibly do the things that you're wanting to do if you have nothing left. If you're constantly working and spending money and participating in vices that you know aren't good for you. You know you shouldn't eat fast food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know that you shouldn't drink that soda if it's all you had all day long when you really need water. You know that skipping out on the gym for months and months and months because you just don't feel like it, even though working out makes you feel super good and you've never regretted it and you've met people at the gym that are very supportive, all these things are just ways that you're going to leave yourself with absolutely nothing left. You're getting in your own way because you've made those choices, because you have power over those decisions and you've chosen not to take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You deserve that. And self-care isn't always this woo-woo, let me light some candles and do a bath bomb and drink some wine to take care of yourself. All those things are fun and great and I do them too, but you have to get down to the root cause 
of why you're even needing the amount of self-care that you need to begin with. If you're working a shitty job that you hate and it's absolutely draining you every single day and it's taking away from your family time and you just notice that your mental health is not where it's supposed to be, self-care might be looking into improving your resume and applying for a new job or even starting your own business. Self-care might look like choosing to go to the gym instead of laying around scrolling social media because you know those endorphins are going to make you feel motivated. It's just, they're all connected. Self-care, you have to get to the root of yourself that does need to be taken care of. And I know that seems ridiculous and very simple, but that's the truth. There's no amount of bottles of wine and scented bath bombs that is going to drown out and numb the fact that You absolutely hate getting up and going to your nine to five job. And that's just the fact of it. You have to get uncomfortable and you have to go after the things that really light you up and create that spark. And I know that it's easier said than done. I literally grew up in a mobile home living off of WIC and food stamps and watching my parents struggle to make ends meet. And there's a lot to unpack there, which I'll have to do in a different episode. But I didn't grow up with a golden spoon. I didn't grow up super cushioned by my parents' money. I had literally nothing. I paid for everything on my own. I worked really hard to get to where I'm at today, and I'm always striving to do better. So I'm saying that because you can come from nothing and still take that nothing and create something beautiful out of it by taking care of yourself. You deserve to do that whether you feel like you're good enough for it or not. You can't keep pouring out of an empty cup. You are just getting in your own way and you're making it so that accomplishing your goals is a hundred times harder for yourself. And it's not always about accomplishing things either. Maybe your lack of self-care is honestly a lack of rest as well. It's great to hustle and it's great to make money and it's great to help other people. But if you don't rest, if you don't lay in bed with nothing going on and just have peace and quiet, if you don't give yourself those moments to just recharge and refuel your body, you're also self-sabotaging in that moment as well. It's not always about trying to strive and go hard 24-7 because you're going to end up being burnt out. You're going to feel drained and you're going to have absolutely nothing to give. So moving on to number five, avoiding discomfort. And this is such a good one because... None of us want to be uncomfortable. And as time is going on and society is becoming more and more used to the instant gratification and being comfortable all the time and all the ways that things are so automated for us, it's becoming easier and easier to be comfortable and to avoid that discomfort. But staying within your comfort zone may feel safe, but it can also prevent you from taking risks and pursuing your goals. For instance, you always feel great after you work out or you sit in the sauna or you eat a healthy meal, but you avoid it. It takes time to go to the gym. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy to be at the gym. The sauna is super duper hot, which is the point, but (laughs) eating a healthy meal might not always be super easy to prepare if you're used to some sort of conventional overly processed comfort food that is much easier to do all the time. 
And it's going to take time to learn how to adjust your body to working out. And it's going to take time and effort to actually get onto Pinterest and put some healthy meals that are easy to make in your Pinterest board and to actually make them actually move forward and go to the grocery store and buy all the ingredients. Like all that stuff takes time and it is uncomfortable. And if you're not willing to do that work, you are just avoiding that discomfort. So it may feel good in the moment to binge watch a show every time you have a free moment or scroll social media for hours and you will finish feeling less motivated and more depleted. You have to lean into the discomfort and watch it lean right back into you by providing you with high quality results. Being uncomfortable is absolutely necessary. You have to be willing to do the work and to be uncomfortable because that's where your growth lies. I've learned so much between going to school and having a bachelor's degree in agribusiness management and taking honors classes and being in leadership academies and graduating with my bachelor's in nursing. And I still know that I do not know everything. And that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to know that I don't know everything, but I lean into that and it helps me to grow. I am okay with not knowing everything because I will never know everything. But if you're constantly avoiding the discomfort that comes with being in that same place, you're limiting yourself from being able to have all those opportunities to learn and to grow and to be better and to feel better and to do better, which is what you deserve. You only get this one shot at life. You have to push yourself and you have to take action. So on that note, taking action steps. And this phrase typically refers to overcoming obstacles or self-doubt in order to move forward and achieve a goal. So now that we've talked about all the different ways that you are self-sabotaging and how to stop them, taking action is really going to be the cure to it all. It involves recognizing and challenging limiting beliefs or behaviors that may be holding you back. And it can be helpful to break down the goal into smaller manageable steps and focus on taking action towards each one. It's really daunting if you have a project that's due and it has all these parts and you have to do a PowerPoint and you have to write an essay that goes with it and you need all these cited sources and you need a certain number of graphics. And I'm just using this as an example because it is very overwhelming when you have a huge assignment that's due or a huge project for work or whatever it may be. And you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, this is so much. But if you just start with the beginning and get that done and you create an outline for the body part of it and then you get that done and you're making sure that everything's cited properly and you get that done and you find your images. Like if you just break it into these small manageable pieces, your brain can go, okay, this isn't that bad. Complete something okay, this isn't that bad, complete something else. And you could apply this to literally any area of your life. If you're looking at your laundry, like, okay, this is a ginormous pile of clean laundry that is just sitting on the floor in my bedroom and I need to get it done. You know, I just got all this laundry washed. You're looking at like, this is so much. But if you were to just take a small portion of that get it done, small portion of that, get it done. It is so much more manageable and it's less overwhelming. And you're able to take action on all of that because 
you're less likely to get in your way by saying, I can't handle this and just walking away from it. So additionally, practicing self-compassion and reminding yourself of your past successes can help you to build confidence and motivation. Focus on how far you've come and make it a habit to move forward, even if it's just a little bit at a time. I think oftentimes we set ourselves up for failure by completing something and then just moving right on to the next thing. And I know I've talked about it in another episode, the fact that I totally do this. I think, okay, cool. I accomplished that. Now it's next. And I think that's because just the way my brain works, I'm always looking to learn more and to do more and accomplish things. But if you can't just sit in those moments and have gratitude for how far you've come, it just makes it really hard to know when you've reached that destination that you are trying to get to. And life is a journey and there really is no final destination. You will constantly be learning and growing and right when you think you've got it all figured out, something else happens that challenges you and it's just a constant roller coaster of up and down of emotions and life and challenges and obstacles and that's what makes it beautiful. But something else that's going to help you as well is to ask for help. If you feel like you're doing any of these things, that you are not taking care of yourself, that you are trying to perfect everything, you're procrastinating, you are avoiding discomfort, you are talking down to yourself constantly, look into creating a support system. And if you have nobody, reach out into the community and see who's available. Talk to people at your church. Talk to people that you even meet on Instagram. I have a lot of friends that I've met on Instagram that a lot of people that do publish the things that are authentic and personal and true to them, oftentimes that is exactly who they are and you can connect with these people and network with them. Create a small group of people that are going to support you in your endeavors and watch how this motivates you to take action on even the smallest areas of your life. And not only that, making commitments and following through with them creates that trust for yourself. I do believe that in order to be successful, you do need at least one person in your life that can push you and hold you accountable and that believes in you and you can vent to. Even if you have to pay for a therapist, you need at least one person. But even more important and true is that you have to be able to trust in yourself. You have to be able to make that commitment and know that you're going to fail and know that it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be linear. And you have to know that you can trust in yourself. I've decided that I'm going to tone up my body within this certain amount of time. These are the resources that I have. This is my support system. This is all the ingredients to this sort of growth recipe that I'm creating. And I'm trusting myself to do that. I know I'm going to fail. I know it's going to be hard, but I'm choosing my hard. There is going to be hard scenarios in every single thing that you choose, but you get to choose your hard. I like the way that I feel after I work out, but it's hard. I like taking care of people, even in their scariest moments, where they're literally looking to you for that advocacy and that support, but it's extremely hard. And I'm talking about being a nurse. I know 
that you are capable of achieving anything that you set your mind to, it's not going to be easy. But if you're going to make that commitment to yourself, you have to be able to trust in yourself. No amount of people on the outside that are your support system are going to be able to do the things that you are trying to do and accomplish them if you don't believe in yourself enough to begin with. So no, you shouldn't only solely rely on outside people to control your inside environment, but you also need a support system that can help you and hold you accountable. You also need your own internal support system because that's where the heart is. That's where all the work is. If you focus on how far you've come and you make it a habit to move forward, even if it's just a little bit at a time, you can overcome obstacles and move forward and achieve your goals. Creating a self-sabotaging environment is only pushing you further away from everything that you've ever wanted. Quit self-sabotaging and start taking action. So on that note, as I'm wrapping it up, I want to leave you with this quote. It's by Darren Hardy. It says, We can all make powerful choices. We can all take back control by not blaming chance, fate, or anyone else for our outcomes. It's within our own ability to cause everything to change. Rather than letting past hurtful experiences sap our energy and sabotage our success, we can use them to fuel positive, constructive change. Start where you are with what you have and watch everything else around you start to shape into the world that you've always wanted and that you've wanted to create for yourself. Use what you already have. Quit talking down to yourself. Stop waiting until tomorrow to start. Things will not be perfect. Make taking care of yourself just a normal part of your life and lean into the discomfort that's only going to launch you into growth. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of What If I Fly. Please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Blonde and Barbells. And you can also follow our Instagram for the podcast. It's What If I Fly Podcast. And on that note, be intentional, be brave, be bold. And don't forget to ask yourself, what if I fly? Bye. If you loved what you listened to here, leave a review. And don't forget to hit that follow button so you never miss out on new podcast episodes. Until next time.